I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I'd say they're circling the wagons, but they don't have any wagons. And it seems like they hate horses. It's high noon for Monday, September 27th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator substack.com and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Also, if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts, head on over to Apple Podcasts Leave the podcast five-star rating. Leave it a little review if you feel like it. It takes about 45 seconds. I'm sure you can do it. I would really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Today is the 250th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You assured us all that the adults would be back in the room because, of course, you're the adults. And you know what's best. But it turns out Your definition of the adults in the room just means the people who can explain things in the most complicated possible way to trick people that they're not wrong, even though they are always wrong. And the thing is, this is exactly how all of these uninformed, misinformed, and disinformed points of view in the Democrat Communist Party, in the Uniparty, all the Obamis and Romneys. This is how they form their beliefs. All right. Something very simple. Like, hey, that doesn't work. That's not the sort of statement that they want to contend with. They want to hear an extremely convoluted explanation for why the thing they already like actually does work. And if you believe otherwise, it's because of your ignorance. Okay. This is how they've gone on and on and on for so long. And the culture perpetuates it, right? The culture is that their point of view, they're overly complicated, ridiculously convoluted, and ultimately incompetent answer is correct Because they have the very smart people saying it. They give the very complicated, convoluted response. Just yesterday, my friend uh, Dewan Black, who was on this podcast last summer, he sent a message to a chat group that we're both in, a screenshot from Instagram where he had posted 
the video of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle putting their masks on for the photo opportunity after not having had them on. And the fact check said that what he posted was missing context and that it was not true that they had only put the masks on for the photo op. Now, it literally is true and you can see it on video. But the fact checkers don't want you to think that. So it has nothing to do with whether or not the description of what happened is actually what happened. All that matters is, does this video harm the cause of the global communist enterprise? And the fact checkers, I believe this one was at Lead Stories, but they're more than welcome to fact check me if I have that wrong. It said it was lacking context. It was missing context as if there was more context that would have changed the truth value of the underlying statement, right? The underlying statement being, hey, this is quite obviously video of those two idiots and Bill de Blasio. And I think the governor, the new governor of New York, the person who is somehow even more authoritarian than Andrew Cuomo, uh, Kathy Hochul, I think is her name, putting their uh, masks on for the photo opportunity. It's exactly what it is. It is undeniable. It is obvious. We've seen it actually hundreds of times now across the country, all sorts of different members of the Democrat Communist Party and the global communist movement doing the exact same thing. Okay. Everybody knows what it looks like now. That's what happened. It's saying that there must be some explanation for why they were doing this thing that looks in every way exactly like what is described. But if you only knew the very convoluted, complicated explanation, well, then you would understand that they were only doing this for a very important reason. So, okay, like we said, it was false because it was missing context. It actually, it's, it's true, but once you get our context, then you will agree that they were actually just doing the right thing. So, I mean, I guess it's true. Yeah, fine, it's true. They put the mask on for the picture, but wait till you hear why. And once you hear why, well, you'll agree that they had to. There was no choice. They needed to have the masks off because masks are terrible to wear and everybody knows it. And so, of course, they had the mask off, but they needed to put the mask on because it's very, very important that they model good behavior, right? They are modeling good behavior because they think that everybody is as child-brained as they are. They think that if they model good behavior, all of the little child-brained communists who are uh, watching them, the sorts of people who would watch the Global Citizen Festival that they were in New York City for, and they got booed for, which was glorious, but... They, they believe that all these sorts of people, if good behavior is modeled for them, then they will go along and do the same thing, right? Which is really just asking them to help in propagandizing the public the same way they themselves have been propagandized. Modeling good behavior 
for adults is so insulting. Okay. That is so insulting that I need Bill de Blasio or Prince Harry or Meghan Markle to model behavior for me. Oh, I see the mayor and the prince and princess wearing their mask. I suppose I should do it too. What? I don't want to be a prince or princess. You know who wants to be princes and princesses? Children and a bunch of child-brained millennials and Zoomers and people who love attention on Instagram who haven't grown up yet. They still have child brains. And that's exactly what I mean about child brains. How many women, sorry women, sorry women, it's just you, you know. How many women who are adults, legal adults, still dream of being princesses? I would venture to say a lot. And hey, if you don't identify with that, miss, don't identify with it, okay? Doesn't apply to you. That's how that works. It's A-okay. I, on the other hand, spent 18 and a half years right smack dab in the middle of Hollywood doing all the Hollywood stuff. And I had plenty of friends on Instagram. And I got to see adult women talking about how they wanted to be treated like a princess or they feel like they look like a princess or they go on vacation and they're drinking a mimosa on a balcony looking at the water. Oh, I feel like a princess. Okay. All right. Now, guys have their own version of that, but they don't usually call it, you know, they don't want to be princes. That's a weird thing for guys to say, unless you're like a rapper or something. Okay. But I don't aspire to be like them. I don't want to look like them. I don't want to have their lifestyle. I don't want any of it. You know, well, the money would be nice because then I could just do whatever the hell I wanted all the time. And by the way, if I was doing whatever the hell I wanted all the time, there is no way in the world I would live anything like those people. Why? Why would anyone want to live that way? It's just a show. They need the love and admiration of strangers. There is nothing else. Why would you want to go around living like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? What could be worse? Honestly, what could be worse? Just constantly trapped in some gilded prison. It's embarrassing, honestly. Anyway, so the fact check says that this thing isn't true. You have to believe their interpretation of events at all times, right? So it is true that they put their masks on for the pictures. That video gets fact-checked because it's missing context, which basically means it's missing their explanation, their side of the story. You cannot judge that video for exactly what it is. You have to hear their explanation first. And then after you hear their explanation, you have to accept their explanation. And you have to say, oh, oh, okay, I get it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if you look at it like that, then they weren't just putting the masks on for the uh, photo op. Someone had just reminded them how important it was to mask inside, even though we are all fully vaccinated. Wink, wink, right? We all fully got the real vaccine. Wink, wink. 
We're all fully vaccinated, but we still need masks. Masks don't do anything, but we still need them. So they put their masks on and now you have to accept the complicated and convoluted explanation that says what they are doing is not what you see. And you have to believe the convoluted, complicated explanation rather than your own very eyes. And once you've done this enough times, you are ripe to be propagandized. They can propagandize. What won't you believe? What won't you believe if you need context to explain that video? What won't you believe? What can't they convince you of? Like you could actually accept them saying, well, no, they weren't putting the masks on for uh, for the photo op. Turns out, actually, there was uh, an exterminator there and he began spraying in the other corner off screen. And so they needed to put their masks on. That's what happened. Okay. And what? We just have to believe that, right? You can be censored for saying something true, showing something true. And to justify the censorship, they will force you to agree that their convoluted and complicated explanation is actually possible. All right. You don't have a choice, obviously. They're the ones who choose to censor, but they're saying, hey, it's not true. And here's the reason. So you now believe that reason or you can uh, kick rocks, get out of here. And this is kind of a sign of the stupid thinking that our country has been mired in for so long. And by the way, Again, I know I've said this a million times, but anytime I think of it, there could be new listeners and I want to make it very clear. Hey, new listeners, I used to be one of these people. Okay. So when you hear me calling people stupid, understand I'm calling my former self stupid. All right. And I have no problem admitting that I will say it over and over and over again. I was not thinking properly five or six years ago. I have corrected my thinking. Okay. At least I believe so. Will that mean, does that mean I'll never be wrong again? Of course not. Okay. I am saying there is a diseased thought pattern and much of the country is suffering from that mental disorder. Okay. And basically all of the Democrat communist party, almost all Biden voters are suffering from this thinking disorder. It is a very stupid thing, okay? And I'm going to use the word stupid because I mean stupid, all right? Brainless, brain dead, unthinking, uninformed, all of those things, okay? Again, I would use those words and ascribe them to myself if I was referring to myself six years ago, okay? So if you think I'm insulting only other people or that I'm grouping people to insult them, understand I am including my former self in that group. So if you are offended, you're choosing the wrong thing to be offended about. And this is how I always talk. All right. That thought is implicit in my language. Okay. All the time from here on out. It's my rule. It's been my rule always. I'm not going to explain it every time. That's how I speak. And that's how I think me in 2015. Very stupid. Not as stupid as you know, died in the wool communists, not that stupid, 
But I was not thinking properly. I was still semi-addicted to the central narrative. I believe that the central narrative was largely showing me the truth and that political biases or personal opinions or uh, deficits in certain information would lead the story one or the other direction, but that they were still telling me essentially the correct story. I understand now that's not true at all. Okay. So when I say stupid, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Now, stupid people think that everything is complicated, right? Whether or not masks work is not a simple question. It's actually a really complicated question. And so while a hundred years worth of research and evidence and testing and even the most obvious knowledge like, hey, does that mask have tiny little holes in it? Yes, it does. Are those tiny little holes bigger or smaller than viral particles? Oh, they're bigger. They're much bigger. Okay, well, then how does the mask stop viral particles from passing through it? Oh, it doesn't. Okay, right? That is about as simple an explanation of why masks don't work as you could possibly ever find. But if you think that there is something counterintuitive to how masks must work, you might venture deeper. You might want to see some studies. Hey, is there any data that backs up what you're saying about how masks don't work? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, there is. In fact, there is a hundred years of data showing that not only do masks not prevent viral spread, they actually make the wearer sicker, both physically and psychologically. Okay. And you would be able to see that in the data and you could have that explanation. But those two things now that we have on our side are not good enough, right? Stupid people believe that because certain people that they think are their friends or on their side, the fact that those people are saying it means that it must be true somehow. And so then it becomes their job to get the complicated, convoluted explanation for why masks actually do work. And they'll stick to things like, they may catch a uh, stray droplet. Oh, well, if you wear one mask, then two masks might work better. It might provide an extra layer of, of security. And, you know, the truth is that anything that helps, if it saves a life, then you won't be the person killing your grandmother. And no matter how stupid or convoluted or complicated the explanation gets, these people will still believe it because the people on their side are saying it. And so they believe that these people must be closer to the abstraction of expertise that just kind of floats above the whole world. Only certain people can access this knowledge. You have to send Anthony Fauci up the hill so that he can be gifted this knowledge. He goes to see the Oracle and the Oracle says, here's the new science. Please show the people all the new science. And then he comes on down the hill and he says, we need booster shots for eight-year-olds. And people are like, oh, I guess we need booster shots for eight-year-olds. Huh. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, the uh, vaccine companies themselves told me that uh, teenage boys were developing myocarditis from taking this vaccine. But I guess that must be wrong now. <laughs> Anthony Fauci went up the hill. And now the science says that we need booster shots for eight-year-olds. Got it? Does that make sense? Okay.
That's what we're dealing with. These people want complicated and convoluted answers for everything because they don't know anything. Okay. So they think that everything must be complicated. You can't know whether or not lockdowns stop the spread of the disease, whether or not lockdowns have negative consequences across society. And they will hear the right answer. They will hear, no, lockdowns don't do anything to stop the spread of the disease. And it turns out they are the most harmful possible thing that we could ever do to the societies. But they say to themselves, well, the people on my team support these lockdowns and all of them have all the experts around them. And of course, since they're on my team, they are the smart ones. I mean, obviously, the people that agree with me are the smart ones and the people who don't are the dumb ones. That's what stupid people think. And they will believe Whatever explanation they can, doesn't matter how convoluted, doesn't matter how complicated, as long as it supports their side and they can point to expertise and say, look, the experts agree with me. They're just fine. This is a thought disorder. All right. The idea that because they gave you a long and complicated answer for your question, it must mean that they have expert level knowledge about the subject. You just say, well, you know, I don't understand it. And it, these people are all they all seem to agree. And I don't really understand their explanations either, but they definitely have them. And this person went to Harvard. This person went to Yale. This person was a congressman. So they must be correct. They have the access to the expertise. The experts know what they're talking about. The experts who disagree with those experts are obviously conspiracy theorists because they don't agree with us. So they're clearly trying to hurt everybody. And then here we are. And we're talking now about a group of people who are still wrong about the two most important issues they will ever face in their lives. And I'm talking, of course, about the country's response to the coronavirus, the world's response, you know, falling victim to this psyop and these people actually perpetrating this psyop across the world. That's one. The other, of course, is election fraud. These two things have been obvious from the beginning. That COVID is not very deadly and everything following from that misunderstanding that it actually is otherwise, that COVID is this massive threat. All of that, if you don't understand that, if you are still on the wrong side of that, then you've gotten something seriously wrong. The other one, obviously, is the election. If you couldn't see right away that something was seriously wrong with the idea that the man who stayed in his basement and did not leave got 81 million votes. He raised Hillary Clinton's inflated vote total by 15 million votes, nearly 25% of her total. He went 25% over while his opponent went up 12 million votes. The entire country added 27 million more votes. That's how many more people wanted to go out and vote than 2016. And we're told to believe that because of mail-in ballots. 
Now, you see, the simple explanation is that can't happen. The convoluted explanation is all of the reasons that they have ever given you why somehow it can. Something so absurd, but people still convince themselves to believe it. And that is very stupid. We are talking about people who have been wrong about these two issues. The the two most important crises that will ever face them and their families in their lives. Literally, their children and their children's children depend on being right on those issues. The future of the country, the future of the world depends on being right on those issues. And they're still wrong about both of them. Okay, we are talking about the stupidest people in the world. And so what happens after you accept the idea that everything important is too complicated for you to think about or understand yourself? How is it even possible to function as humans like that? And the truth is, you can't. At that point, you really are basically sheep. You are there to be flocked and herded. You are there to be moved in one direction or the other because you can't think for yourself. You've already given up the option of thinking for yourself. You think everything is too complicated. How is that possible? How is it possible that everything that matters in your life is simply too complicated to judge for yourself? So you basically have to just decide I'm going to trust the experts. And when you get into that frame of mind, you have turned your brain off completely. You believe that whatever the experts say must be right because they're on your side. Adults in America now, right now, believe that. Anthony Fauci is on our side. He's got to trust the experts. CDC, FDA, got to trust the experts. Mark Milley, got to trust the experts. Well, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, we have the adults back in the room. So Joe Biden must have all the experts on his side. So whatever Joe Biden says, well, that's the way we got to go. I mean, thinking about immigration, that's too complicated. Thinking about Afghanistan, too complicated. Thinking about election integrity, too complicated. They say voter ID is racist. Well, guess it must be. Why is it racist? Well, they have a complicated explanation. They say it's because old black people can't get IDs. Therefore, it's racist. You know what's not racist? Saying that black people can't get IDs. And that is supposed to make sense to people. And so once they've decided that everything is beyond a layman's understanding, they stop thinking about any of it. But they also understand that you are a layman and that I am a layman. Right. We have a layman's understanding of the coronavirus and all the issues around it, let's say. Now, you know, some of us have actually spent some real solid time trying to learn this stuff, and it's not beyond the reach of laymen to understand things. By the way, how do you think other people learn stuff? Right. They are taught it by people who have background in the subject, and then they spend time learning on their own. That's actually exactly what we do in college, too. And no, we're not on a campus while we're doing it. But we don't have access to professors online. Of course we do. People can actually answer our questions. That's how it works now. All right. But so they believe that 
Laban can't understand something, which means that they can't understand it, but it also means that you can't understand it. And so if you are saying something that they disagree with, well, they listen to the experts and you can't possibly understand it. So you're stupid and they're smart because they are listening to the experts. You can talk about everything involved with a certain issue and you can talk about it intelligently. But as soon as you do that, they'll be like, yeah, okay, but you don't understand this either. You're not an expert. And that's where we end up because they don't know anything and they don't think that anything is knowable ultimately. And this is how we get to scientism. Okay. They don't believe that anything is knowable by normal people. So everything must be derived from science. Therefore, you figure out who the scientists are and you listen to them. And if there are scientists who disagree with them, well, our set of scientists will surely say they're not doing science. So all it is at that point is team affiliation. It's tribal. That's it. There's nothing more. Stop letting these people guide you. Now, I'm talking about all of this because what we have coming out of Arizona on Friday is obvious and overwhelming evidence of election fraud, abuse, lawlessness, and rampant criminality. And there's no other way to describe it. Nonetheless, we have a media trying to convince people that Joe Biden actually won Arizona by slightly more. They did the whole audit and all they figured out was that Joe Biden's win was actually about 360 votes larger than they had initially recorded. Well, that's amazing. So there were a few different drafts of the audit report that made their way to public viewing, let's say. All right. A couple different versions. The version they went with on Thursday night, the leaked version that the media reported on, that was not the final version. That was not the true or correct version. That was a version that had language in it to make the situation sound much better than it was. That's the version the county wanted to go out with. That's why it was leaked, because they were trying to set the narrative. I'm going to tell you in a second why that was the worst possible move they could have ever made. But what I want to do is go through the actual report with the strongest language, the one that was supposed to be used. Okay. This story is still developing and I don't know all the answers, but it seems that there were threats made to Doug Logan from Cyber Ninjas and to other members of the audit team that they cannot come out with the full information on Friday. They could not come out and say that the election should not be certified, which is why this version that I'm about to read you was not the one that they made the official version. Okay. And supposedly this is rumored, not sure if it's true yet, but that there are people who are ostensibly on our side in Arizona who really don't seem to ultimately be on our side. And it seems like uh, Karen Fan is kind of in the spotlight for that one. Now, I don't know if Karen Fan 
is on the good team or not. She could just be guiding this through to try to bring a soft landing to the election fraud and hope that it goes away. Much like Governor Doug Ducey was pulling for over the weekend on Friday, I guess his statement was saying that the 2020 election is now over, that everything's just fine. Just move on. It's time to move on. Thank goodness we had that review. Let's move on. Not Doug. You're finished still. Okay. But I want to read the executive summary that they would have actually put out and used because this tells you what really happened. And by the way, it's very, very important to note when thinking about the Arizona audit report, the Jovan Pulitzer ballot examination, the kinematic examination, the full forensic examination of the paper was not included in this report. Okay. Neither was a full canvas of voters. So with those two things alone, they are going to find illegal ballots on Jovan's end. And then on the canvas end, they will find 50 votes cast from an empty lot, stuff like that. So that stuff has not been removed from the count yet. All right. What the media is reporting on is simply a recount of all the ballots they handed over. And many of those ballots remember that they kept that stuff on hand for like six months after the election before turning it over. They knew how many ballots they needed. Okay. And let me also say, before I start reading this, that the best way to understand the Arizona audit is to watch the hearing from Friday. All right. There's no shortcuts on stuff like this. Like I can tell you what I think you can read the articles about it. You can largely understand, but just even if you just watch the first 90 minutes, okay, you don't need to watch the whole three hours. Make sure you see uh, Dr. Shiva, Ben Cotton from Cypher. Ben Cotton will blow your mind. Shiva will too, honestly. And then Doug Logan from Cyber Ninjas. All right. If you watch that stuff, you're going to get enough, but you cannot replace seeing the source material. And that's the source material, the report and what they said in the hearing. That's the source material. You got to go to the source material. There are people who are doing a great job of explaining it, but nothing will make you understand more than simply going to the source. Okay, so here is the executive summary that they would have published. All right. This is uh, section two. I'm going to skip to section one. Right. The preamble to our Constitution reminds us that our nation is always pursuing greater perfection, seeking to establish, quote, a more perfect union end quote, so that we can, quote, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, end quote. Nothing is more essential in establishing liberty than free and fair elections. To that end, Cyber Ninjas was engaged by the Arizona Senate to audit the 2020 general election and determine the outcome of the election and in what areas legislative reform is required to ensure that our elections are indeed free and fair in the future. The audit has been the most comprehensive and complex election audit ever conducted. It involved the hand counting of 2.1 million ballots, a forensic paper inspection of them, a forensic review of the voting machines, and most important, an in-depth analysis of the voter rolls and the 2020 general election final files. Many of the issues in the election can be traced to two primary causative factors, mail-in voting and improper voter registration management. More than 80% of the ballots cast in Maricopa were via mail. All right. 80% of 2.1 million ballots that were counted in Maricopa's fraudulent election were cast by mail. 
Mail-in voting is the number one source of election fraud historically. The Carter Baker Commission found that, like, was it? I think it was 2010. Maybe it was 2006. That's popping up in my head for some reason. Carter Baker Commission. Look it up. You can read the report. You can see that Jimmy Carter's commission agreed that mail-in voting was the most prone to fraud, which, of course, when you know that and then you think, oh, well, one party is trying to get full mail-in voting for everyone unsolicited. So they will send ballots to your house, whether or not you want them, whether or not you intend to go vote in person. Well, why would they do that? When they know that mail-in voting is the number one source of fraud. If you are an intelligent person, you would say, oh, well, that's because they're trying to cheat. If you're a dumbass, you will listen to someone give you a long-winded explanation about how COVID necessitates mail-in voting. Even though Anthony Fauci said, if you can go run your errands, you can go to the grocery store. Well, you can certainly go vote in person. He said that last August. Not me. I mean, of course, I said it, too, because I'm not retarded. But Anthony Fauci said that last August. Then the CDC came out on Election Day and said, even if you have a current coronavirus infection, you should still go vote in person. That's how important it was. They said it, not me, them. Okay, so then why would you need the mail in voting? Oh, give me a more convoluted, a more complicated explanation, and you will still be wrong because the simple truth is we don't need that for COVID. Mail-in voting was for fraud. Back to the report. The guarantee, by the way, this is in bold in their report. The guarantee of the secret ballot is not only a right that applies to the voter themselves, but it is also a right guaranteed to the rest of those voting in the election that that person's ballot is secret and therefore cannot have come under any undue influence. Mail-in voting eliminates secrecy in voting as it is impossible to control or know who a voter shares their ballot with and what is done with it prior to it being mailed in or dropped off. 57,734 ballots with serious issues were identified in the audit. These include Improper voter registration, improper votes and discrepancies in the registration. This is a conservative estimate as there were other identified problems that were not quantified nor included in that total, likely resulting in a much larger number of flawed ballots. Additional issues identified backdated registrations, multiple voter registrations linked to the same voter affidavit, voters without records in a commercial database and printing defects rendering thousands of ballots as suspicious. In the 2020 presidential election, the margin of victory was only 10,457 votes, a small fraction of the 57,734 ballots with known issues. Again, this is almost six times the margin of victory in the presidential race and is multiples of the margin of victory in other races. Based on these factual findings, the election, this is in bold, should not be certified. And the reported results are not reliable. That is the auditor's finding. That is in bold in the executive summary in the report they meant to release. That was nonetheless thwarted by members of the Arizona State Senate and or their legal counsel. That's where we are. This is what the auditors said. Okay, back to the report. 
Major issues identified. Now, this I'm going to go down a list of bullet points here. There were more than 10,000 double votes across county lines. All right. That right there is the entire thing. Okay. And now communists are going to look at this and be like, yeah, but like there's votes like that in every election. You can't say that would have made the difference. Like, what are we supposed to do? Just cancel the election? Well, yeah, commie, you're not supposed to certify fraudulent elections. Okay. It doesn't matter if you can make up an excuse for why that shouldn't matter. It's still fraud. They knew about this beforehand. Sorry, I'm going to keep going. Tens of thousands of ballots cast from individuals who had moved prior to the election and could not have physically received their ballots legally. Got that? Tens of thousands. But we're supposed to count every vote, aren't we? Every vote counts. Doesn't matter if they're illegal or not. Could they have figured this out prior to certification, prior to sending false electors to the Capitol? Yes, they could have. Why didn't they? There's your question. Well, that's because of Doug Ducey, their incompetent and corrupt Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, and people like those who sit on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, minus Steve Shukri, who already quit. None of the systems related to elections integrity had numbers that would balance and agree with each other. Isn't that strange? Where is the mainstream media in telling us that? The voter rolls and the registration management process itself have many data integrity issues. For instance, over 200 individuals were easily identifiable as likely being the same person, but having two different voter IDs and voting in the election twice. Does that make you feel safe about your vote? Without access to the county's detailed records, including personally identifiable information and registration systems, it is more likely there were many tens of thousands of improper votes in the election from double voters, deceased voters, voters for which we can find no trace in the public records, nor association to their voting address, moved voters, etc. Does that make you feel safe about your vote? Proper voter registration law and procedures were not followed. There were unexplained large purges of registered voters right after the election of people who had voted in the election. Does that make you feel safe about your vote? There was backdating of registrations, adjustments made to historical voting and voter records, unexplained linking of voter registration affidavits to multiple voters and more. Files were missing from the election management system server. That's Dominion right there. Deleted files, exactly as we talked about in Mesa County, Colorado, a week ago. They had to take a forensic image of their system before it went to the trusted build process where Dominion deleted information that was supposed to be maintained for 22 months. And they did it all over the state of Colorado. Same kind of thing. That's Dominion. EMS, Election Management System, is the Dominion software. Ballot images on the EMS were corrupt or missing. Oh, is that okay? The ballot image is supposed to be their forensically auditable record of someone's vote, okay? Because the machine prints out what the person voted, but the barcode is what's read. The person reads the names of the people they voted for. The barcode gets read into the system. That's it. The ballot image. 
The ballot image is meant to be preserved and the ballot image is created after the vote. Okay, the ballot image is the record created. The ballot image for adjudicated votes shows the vote after adjudication. That's where the ballot image is created. Okay, and ballot images are deleted or missing. Logs appeared to be intentionally rolled over and all the data in the database related to the 2020 general election had been fully cleared. That is a crime. Okay, that is not proof that Joe Biden won by 360 extra votes. That is a crime. That is a crime that should nullify certification completely. All of these things by themselves should do that. And again, this is the problem with putting in a convoluted and complicated system. All we need is certifiable, verifiable paper ballots that you count one by one. All of these problems are introduced into the system because of this crazy desire for what we're being told is efficiency. We need these machines for efficiency. So let's complicate the voting process and make it so that no one has any reason to ever believe that their vote was actually counted. On the ballot side, Batches were not always clearly delineated. Duplicated ballots were missing the required serial numbers. Originals were duplicated more than once. And the auditors were never provided chain of custody documentation for the ballots for the time period prior to the ballots movement into the auditor's care. Okay, the only chain of custody documentation that they gave was the chain of custody as it shifted from the county to the auditors. All of the chain of custody for these mail-in votes, the Dropbox Dropbox votes, all of that before was gone. There were substantial statistically significant anomalies identified in the ratio of hand-folded ballots, on-demand printed ballots, as well as statistically significant increase in provisional ballot rejections for a mail-in ballot already being cast, suggestive of mail-in ballots being cast for voters without their knowledge. And they have almost 60,000, they have a record of almost 60,000 voters who showed up at their polling places and were told they had already voted because their mail-in ballot had been returned and voted for them on their behalf without their knowledge. All of this is just rampant fraud and criminality. These are not examples of isolated human error. The 2005 report on federal election reform, which was an effort led by Democrats, stated the following regarding mail-in voting. And here you have your answer on what year it was. While vote by mail appears to increase turnout for local elections, there is no evidence that that it significantly expands participation in federal elections. Moreover, it raises concerns about privacy as citizens voting at home may come under pressure to vote for certain candidates and it increases the risk of fraud. Pure and simple. Why would you expand mail in voting? If you knew that the only reason why you would do that is to increase the opportunity for defrauding elections. And of course, that's the reason. And of course, we get an answer like Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Give me a break.
Had Maricopa County chosen to cooperate with the audit, many of the obstacles facing the audit could have been overcome by the county withholding subpoena items, their unwillingness to answer questions as is normal between auditor and auditee. And in some cases, actively interfering with audit research, the county prevented a complete audit. This did not stop the primary goal of offering recommendations for legislative reform to the Arizona Senate, but it did leave many questions open as to the way and manner that the 2020 general election was conducted. But what else did we learn on Friday afternoon? This is from Seth Keschel. A 255,326 vote disparity between VM55 and EV33 sounds a lot like what was uncovered in the canvassing findings of Liz Harris. Ironically, Biden gained 338,000 over Clinton when the previous Dem record gain was 118,000 and two others were 98,000 and 102,000. Coincidence, I'm sure, he says. And what's he talking about? Okay, the VM and EV is the difference between the total vote by mail and the early returns. And what he's saying is that over 255,000 early votes, this is from the list of the findings, shown in the county's final vote file, do not have a corresponding entry in the early voting returns file. Okay, and they also found, and this was part of Shiva's presentation, that a bunch of these ballots came in and were counted after election day. They just magically appeared in the days to follow after the county knew how many votes they needed to get Joe Biden over the top. This stuff is blatant. It's in your face. Okay, let's go through the rest of this list of findings and then we can move on past the audit report. The canvas showed over thirty four hundred more ballots were cast than recorded. Over 9,000 more mail-in ballots were received and recorded than the official number of mail-in ballots sent out by the county. How does that happen? Precincts show more ballots cast on election day than people who showed up to vote. 1,551 extra votes. Approximately 2,500 ballots were shown in the early vote returns that do not have a voter listed as casting them. How does that happen? Over 23,000 voted by mail after moving after the October 5th cutoff. 2,382 voters cast votes in Maricopa County in person after moving out of the county. Over 2,000 voters who moved out of Arizona during the 29 days before the election were given a full ballot instead of a presidential-only ballot. Close to 300 deceased voters potentially voted. These are massive, massive numbers especially relative to the, you know, ten and a half thousand that Trump would have needed. And by the way, it's not just Trump. OK, the board of supervisors is sitting there illegitimately. How can we trust that any of these people who were elected in 2020 were elected legitimately? We can't. And that's that holds true for the entire country. And I've been saying this since December. We have a country. That is operating in a lawless fashion right now. The people in office were not voted in by the people. And they are the ones creating all these laws and edicts, these rules, these executive actions. True on the state level, true on the local level, true on the federal level. Your mayor imposes a mask mandate, your city council. Why do you have to listen to it? They weren't elected. They can't prove they were elected. You know, Tory, you know, Tory says plus 
Most people are familiar with Tori. I hope you are. If not, you should check out who she is. She's doing some really cool work right now on um, these lawsuits that her, I guess, fan base, audience, followers are doing all around the country. They set up individual groups and they're taking cases to individual courts in all the different states, all the different localities saying, hey, these people making these rules have no right to be making them. And that's the that's a fact. They've been doing uh, writs of mandamus recently, but she's also now talking about writs of quo warranto, challenging these people, saying, hey, show us how you are legally allowed to make these rules because these people are not legitimately elected. These numbers are staggering. And when they go do a canvas, they're going to find out, oh, wow, look at all these uh, illegal immigrants who voted. Look at all these votes that we have from empty lots. That's a really big deal. And Jovan Hutton Pulitzer is going to show us how many of those ballots are just not even legal ballots. They're just not even real ballots. Watch Dr. Shiva's segment in the report last week, and you will see ballots that were printed where the stamp of approval on the signature matching was actually printed onto the paper before the ballot section, the box where you would put that stamp was printed on. So the stamp is covered by what should be the printed ballot. That's how it looks. It is completely and obviously fake and fraudulent. And you will see that with your own eyes. If my explanation of how that reads visually was insufficient, well, I apologize. Just go look at them yourself. You will see. But let's talk about how parts of the audit still remain unreported. This is a really, really interesting dynamic if you think about it, because as we have gone along in this process, there have been so many kind of stops and starts and false starts in Arizona, and a lot of people have gotten really frustrated about it. And I get it. Everybody wants this thing to be over as fast as possible so that justice can be restored, so that we feel like we have hope of living in a free and fair and normal society guided by the rule of law. Again, I understand why people want this to happen fast. All right. Get it. A hundred percent. So it's been very frustrating to people that it has taken longer and longer and longer to finally get the audit report out. And a few weeks ago, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago, we had a president fan of the Arizona State Senate. And Warren Peterson, who's another state senator working on this with her, and we had Ken Bennett and we had Ben Cotton and we had Doug Logan from Cypher and Cyber Ninjas, respectively. They did a preliminary audit report to the state Senate. And that in itself should have been obviously enough for anyone to understand that the election should not have been certified by any means. Okay, there's no way you could certify an election that fraudulent with so much in doubt. The election could have been decertified on that alone. Now we have all of this, but we know we're missing other parts of the full forensic audit. We got what we got, but it wasn't the whole thing. There is more coming. So what we saw as a pattern, this pattern was emerging before this audit report ever came out. We would see these false starts, these reports on when something was going to drop, and then there would be a reaction. 
on the part of the defendants in Arizona, on the part of Katie Hobbs or Stephen Richer or the Board of Supervisors or the National Democrat Communist Party. We would see responses every time they thought the big news was about to happen. All right. And so that's what we had on Thursday night and Friday. We knew that Friday the report was coming. The hearing was coming. There was no way they were going to prevent any of that from getting out. So what they tried to do was head it off at the pass, throw everybody this curveball, say, oh, yeah, what it did was confirm that Biden actually won by a little more. They went with that. They pushed that out on Thursday. And ultimately, think about it this way. That was their biggest and best shot at convincing people that the fraud it was actually no problem. They were not going to find anything that made anybody doubt that Joe Biden was really president. The fraud, it was a failure. Rachel Maddow had a graphic on her show that it was an own goal. Oh, they made such fools of themselves, wasting all of this time and money to finally get the result that no, Joe Biden actually won by a little more, right? The whole time we were hearing that the audit was a fake. There was no way that it could ever reach a proper conclusion. That's what Katie Hobbs said herself over and over again. It's a fraud. It doesn't matter what they say. It's going to be wrong. And so what the state media did on behalf of the Democrat Communist Party and global communism is they came out and said, you know what? Turns out audit was right. The audit was right. It actually proved that we were even more right than before. We were right before, but now we are more right. So if you doubt us at all at this point, you are definitely participating in the big lie. You are 100% a domestic terrorist, okay? That was their best shot, all right? That was their best shot. They gave everyone the story they wanted to give. Turns out Joe Biden won by more. That was their move. That's what they went with, and they're sticking to it. I want you to consider that that might have been the single worst possible strategy they could have ever pursued. And the fact that there are still multiple parts of the audit coming out and that we are right here where we are with our position in this narrative, we are at this point after they expended their biggest possible ammo. We are in excellent shape. This is the worst possible thing they could have done because what they did was they basically said, Oh, yeah, all that stuff we were telling you before about how the audit was going to be fake. It could not possibly reach a proper conclusion. Yeah, we were actually wrong about that. It turns out the audit said Joe Biden won by even more. So the auditors, they, I guess they did their job. That is what they are communicating to everyone. They didn't get the narrative win they were expecting. OK, no one believes their story. No one believes their story. Yes, there are going to be some child brains here and there that can't understand it. They're going to repeat the slogans no matter what. You cannot worry about those people, all right? Some people are going to report the mainstream narrative no matter what. You have to let that go. This has been nothing but a major narrative advance for us. And then Trump hammered it home on Saturday night. But this is the best they've got. What else are they going to do? This is the worst possible scenario for them. Because now when the next pieces come out, they have already said, that the auditors basically did their job confirming that Joe Biden was the real winner. Of course, anyone who was actually trying to knock down our position would have had to go bit by bit through the report and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And 
Honestly, they would have actually been better off doing that and giving stupid and convoluted and complicated explanations for why everything the auditors did was wrong, because at least then the communists would have something to go on. Now, all they have to go on is, oh, the auditors were right, actually. And Joe Biden won by a little more. Anyone who knows anything about this situation could just hand them on a silver platter 50 different ways that that conclusion is false based on the same source material, right? You don't have to go outside of what they have already accepted as proper source material. You can look at the very leaked report on Thursday night and show them enough ways that the election was defrauded. They have created the worst possible scenario and they fell for it completely. They fell for it. This isn't even the whole thing. What happens when Jovan comes out and says, yeah, you know what? Like they created a hundred thousand of these ballots after the fact or 200,000 or 400,000. And there are very smart people who have been on this issue from day one who are still talking about those same numbers that I talk about 15, 20% of the entire total of those votes in Maricopa County are just straight up fraud. All right. Mark Kelly, the fake Senator from Arizona, He doesn't have a job. He is serving illegitimately. As is Joe Biden, as is Kamala Harris, as is Kamala Harris's replacement in the Senate, Alex Padilla. And we'll come to find out that John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock are serving illegitimately. What's his name in Michigan? The Senator Pete something. Why can't I think of his name? Who, quote unquote, defeated John James serving illegitimately. So many of the people in the House of Representatives right now are serving illegitimately and trying to pass legislation that will indebt the United States another five or six trillion dollars. Right now, they're trying to do that with no legitimacy. They have no ability to pass laws on behalf of the United States because they are not serving legitimately. That's where we are right now. What are they going to do once Jovan's stuff comes out? They have nothing left. They have no more explanations. What is Rachel Maddow going to get on TV and be like, ha ha ha, bamboo, flaming hot Cheetos. Ha ha ha. Imagine being convinced by Rachel Maddow in terms of what I was talking about earlier, right? Rachel Maddow, everybody calls her the smart one. So she must be the smart one. Therefore, she's right automatically. Therefore, when she appeals to experts, it's because these situations really are complicated. And Rachel Maddow needs someone to explain it to her, even though she's so smart. And so you should just listen to whatever Rachel Maddow says. Flaming Hot Cheetos, ha, ha, ha. That's Rachel's explanation. That's Rachel Maddow's explanation for why you shouldn't worry about your elections being stolen. Bamboo fibers, Flaming Hot Cheetos, conspiracy theorists. And you're supposed to shut up. You're supposed to accept that. Hey, how do you know that the election was safe and free and fair? (laughs) conspiracy theorists flaming hot cheetos imagine in an adult conversation hearing that except we do have that you don't have to imagine it you can talk to any child brain communist and they will tell you exactly that and they think they're making fun of you and don't realize they're making fun of themselves that's where we are right now and again you have to understand all of this is a matter of interpretation for the listener Okay, we are in an information war and nothing else. Either that narrative wins or it doesn't. 
And we can see that that narrative is failing over and over and over again. We are getting closer to it being obvious that that narrative has failed completely. Rasmussen's polling right now shows that 58% of the country disapproves of Joe Biden as fake president. 58%, 50% strongly disapprove. Strongly. Which means they definitely understand his illegitimacy. Only 21% of voters still strongly approve of the job that Joe Biden is doing as fake president. That is minus 29 on strong sentiment. Minus 29. He's in the low 30s with independence. Who still believes that Joe Biden is really president? Pretty much nobody. And so what does that mean for what's ahead? Okay. The states can decertify. They can just simply vote to decertify. That is what we are being shown. And that's what Matthew DiPerno's letter to Wendy Rogers shows. Wendy Rogers is now trying to get a nationwide movement, representatives from all 50 states. And by the way, go check out Wendy Rogers Telegram because she is asking people to contact their representatives to ask those representatives to sign on to Wendy Rogers effort to decertify every state that was decided by fraud, which is all the swing states and more, but all the swing states. And there is ample evidence in all of them, by the way, right now. What happened in Maricopa was reflected in Antrim County, Michigan. They already have that evidence in a court case from Matthew DiPerno. Now, they have used legal maneuvers to slow and stop that court case, but the evidence is unchanged. In Wisconsin, they already know that they have well over 200,000 illegal votes that were counted in their election. Same in Georgia, same in Pennsylvania. All of these legislatures could vote today to decertify. They could all do it. They could all do it. The reason they don't is because the public pressure has not come on them yet to do it. They can do, they can use all the excuses that they want. They can ask for all the investigations that they want. That is not good enough. What is good enough is demanding decertification right now, right now. And they can all do it. They can all do it. It's political pressure and political pressure only. This is an information war and nothing else. We know what the truth is. The only reason the entire country doesn't believe it is because they are lied to and because the truth is censored. There is no other reason. Okay. If it were not for censorship, everyone would know what we know. All right. I am not controversial in a normal world. Okay. I might say things in a kind of edgy way, maybe, but I'm not controversial unless I'm making a joke or making a prediction or giving my personal opinion. What I say factually is backed up with evidence that I am happy to send anybody. This isn't controversy. I'm telling you facts. I'm telling you my opinion, of course, but none of this is controversial. How do we come to believe that stating the obvious truth that the election was completely fraudulent. How did that become controversial? It is obvious to everyone except those who deny it or those who repeat 
convoluted, complicated explanations because they simply don't want to believe the truth. The truth isn't good enough for them. So they figure out a convoluted, complicated way to say, oh, the truth is wrong. The truth is wrong because the smart people say that the truth is wrong. Look at these experts. They say, oh, well, these are baseless claims. Look at the fact check. It says, oh, these are baseless claims. Well, I guess I believe it then. The political pressure is what matters. And the social pressure is what matters. You know, I often say and I often think all of this could have been ended a long time ago if everyone in the country who believed what we believe, okay, the people who can see the truth and who actually understand the gravity of the situation we're in, if everyone stood up and spoke up for themselves in a public fashion, they demanded that this Democrat communist bullshit be ended. The COVID tyranny ended. The election fraud ended. Stand up and demand it. Speak out. Make yourself public and known. If everyone did that, we would be done with this. Okay? All those people getting frustrated, all these people thinking this takes so long, what are you doing? Are you out there speaking out about it? Are you convincing your friends and neighbors of the obvious truth? Are you forcing it into their face? Or are you backing down and allowing your fear of coming out and speaking to be what guides this country? You can say, oh, well, you know, oh, I might lose my job if I speak up. Well, first off, you don't know that. Second, you might lose your country if you don't speak up. Why isn't that more of a motivator. But still, a year and a half later, we still have people who won't say the simple and obvious truth of coronavirus, even as they're about to lose their jobs or be forced to be vaccinated. They still will not stand up and say the truth because they are scared of losing their job. Now, yesterday, it came out that a professional tennis player named Jeremy Chardy has to leave the pro tennis tour and maybe leave his career behind due to vaccine injury. All right. So I don't know his personal situation. Maybe he was uh, a child brains communist who actually thought that it was a good idea to get vaccinated against a disease that could never in a million years kill him. That's possible. Or he was forced by his job and the culture to get the vaccine. Well, now he's lost his job, not because he was forced out, because he can no longer do it because the vaccine has destroyed his body. He doesn't have the energy to compete at the level he has to compete. So he has no job anymore. He lost his job and now he's lost his health because he went along. This is what people are failing to realize. Okay. If everyone comes out and stands up and says what they believe in public to the people who will give you the blowback. That is when other people will join you and get next to you or get behind you or whatever it is. It is your responsibility to lead. If you know the truth and you will not speak the truth, then you are doing yourself a disservice and you will not forgive yourself. By the way, sooner or later, you will have whatever it is you're holding on to. You will have that taken from you. And you will have nothing to show for it. You will have given up your honor. And you will lose that thing anyway. That thing you're trying to protect. This is it. 
There is nothing left after this if this doesn't go our way, okay? You have to stand up. And when you stand up, you commit yourself to the cause, all right? There's no going back. You come out, you get public. You say what you believe. Then you have to fight. You're in the fight. You are committed. And once you have made that step, then you are capable of leading other people because then you are in the fight and they will see that you are in the fight. And the more people that do that, it becomes overwhelming. All of a sudden, the other side shames themselves into silence instead of shaming everyone else because it is so overwhelmingly obvious to them that they are not in the majority anymore. The only way they feel empowered to say and do the things they say and do is because they believe that they are in this overwhelming majority that is not only a majority by size and number, it's a majority morally. They don't have that advantage. Stop giving that advantage. Stop handing them that advantage. And you know, people in their small circles who are out in their small circle, their small protected circle of people who agree with them. I get it. It's safe there. Okay. I totally get it. What are you doing when all of you are speaking out about all of this to each other, but not doing it publicly? All you're doing is being scared together. That's not honorable. All right. That's not going to make you happy in your old age. When you look back and say, man, is there more I could have done? Maybe I could have stood up, but instead I just complained about it with my friends and we were scared together. We huddled in our little rooms around candlelight <laughs> talking about how society would collapse if no one did anything. <laughs> Why aren't people out in the streets? Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? All these people complaining. Oh, it's not happening fast enough. Well, you're not doing anything. You're here on the internet complaining. You're not out there taking a risk. You're not risking your job. You're not risking your social standing to tell the truth. You're not doing anything. It's amazing to me how much people will watch happen and still not take a stand. Like when is someone in Hollywood actually going to stand up? Now we got Nicki Minaj. That's cool. Rihanna wore a t-shirt. That could mean anything, but I guess we got to assume that she's doing it for the right reasons. Where is all of Hollywood? Where are they? All these actors. Oh, we have to use our platform. Go ahead and use it then. Go ahead and use it. They go to a $35,000 a seat Met Gala and let the socialist wear a tax the rich dress and they all laugh and applaud. Disgusting. They're using their platform. They're using their platform to spread communism. And you can't stand up and say, hey, it's wrong to inject children with an experimental gene therapy. You're scared of that. And the rest of the country is supposed to respect you and go see your movies. Pathetic. Now, don't get me wrong. I love you all. Just trying to fire you up, you know. But come on. How many times can you forward videos of dystopian nonsense in Australia before you stand up for yourself? Okay. You see what's happening in other places. You know now that it can happen here. 
None of this had to happen. This continues happening because the citizenry is complicit by silencing themselves. I understand you are going to pay a price. You are already paying a price. Why in the world does everyone think that the bad thing might still happen? Okay, the bad thing has already happened. How much worse does it need to be? 18 months of them pretending that masks work. 18 months of them leading you by the nose into this medical tyranny so that they can inject your children with a substance that now Pfizer has patented to be able to track people. That's okay with you? How long? How long? Oh, but my job. What job do you have in the dystopian future that you are allowing to encroach on American society? What are they going to pay you for then? All right. What are they going to pay you for when they have all your information, your biometrics, all your communications and everything, and they have you on a vaccine passport with uh, your digital wallet, your medical information? And your social credit score. What job are they going to let you do then? The truth is you just want to slide under the radar. You just want to get through to the end. You think, oh, the end might be coming soon. And then no one will ever know. No one will ever know what I thought the whole time. Then I'll just be able to say, finally, ha ha ha. I knew it. And all those annoying communists. Oh, they'll bow down. Oh, you'll have your day. <laughs> What are you trying to preserve those friendships for after the after time? Once everything is out in the open, once it's all said and done, once everybody finally knows the truth, then you can just what have the upper hand on those people who would have gladly turned you over to the Gestapo had only they known who you actually are. You think you're safer by tricking them about who you are and what you believe. You think this is helping your relationships I really don't get it. I really don't get it. There is nothing after this. Okay. If we go down that route, these people aren't your friends. You cannot be scared of them. Your fear is what allows them to continue. Your courage inspires other courage. Your courage allows you to see how many people truly are on our side. And once you speak up in public, you are committed. You are committed to winning. You have to see this through to the end and you will know that we can win. Okay. You'll know we can win and you will fight for that because you will see it with your own eyes. You will understand. Oh, okay. Well, this sucks for now. You know, I'm being punished by the way, mildly now because you already have like 70% of the country on your side. But you're being punished a little bit, but you can see the end and you know we can get there and we can get there and we can get there nonviolently. You know, we still have these people like jumping into the chat being like, oh, this has gone on too long. When are we going to finally take the battle to the streets? OK, man. All right. All right. I get it. You're in the FBI and. You guys need another January 6th, very violent insurrection to justify your existence and save you from 
your trial for treason. I understand. But that's not where this is going. And Steve Bannon was great today, just coming out swinging on War Room on a Monday morning. And he just straight up said, he said, there's not going to be any violence. We are in control of this country. And he's right. Patriots are in control of this country. How many levels do you need to understand that on? Okay. The Democrat Communist Party is not getting their way about any of this stuff. They can keep announcing things all they want. If the Democrat Communist Party was in control, we would not still be talking about election fraud at the end of September 2021. That's a fact. We're almost 11 months down from that election and more people than ever understand election fraud. If they were in control, that would not be possible. If they were in control, everybody would be taking the vaccine. Everyone would believe in it. But that's not how it is. Because we're in control of that narrative. We're in control of all these narratives. If they were in control, no one would know that the FAA restricted the uh, access to the airspace over the bridge in Del Rio to news to media drones to film what's actually going on down there. If they were in control, the FAA would have done that. None of us would have seen the situation and none of us would know that they covered it up. That's what it looks like for their system to actually be functioning. But none of that is happening. Instead, each and every one of these narratives is going in the opposite direction. Joe Biden's approval rating is at historic lows, historic lows. Okay, they control the media. They control big tech. They censor us. They do all of those things. If the old guard system was still in place and still active and still functional and still powerful, there is no way that Joe Biden would get those numbers. It's not possible. Okay, how could they be losing so badly if they were in control? That's not how their system is supposed to work. Their control is supposed to only ever grow, only ever grow. They have used all of their weapons. Their weapons are designed For the enhancement of their control. If the control is going in the wrong direction, then their weapons have failed. Their weapons are insufficient. There is no better time for them. They are going downhill. Okay. The Arizona audit didn't go away. They lost that narrative as well. In fact, what they tried to pull was so desperate and so stupid that it actually gave them the worst of all outcomes, the worst of all outcomes. People realize now that the Arizona audit was right on. They've already accepted it in their little child brains. Oh, yeah. Ha 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 ha. You thought your audit was going to overturn the election and instead it just confirmed that Biden was even better. Oh, so the audit results are correct. Ah, well, that's what you said, right? You just said the audit confirmed what you thought. So the audit results must be correct and trustworthy, right, Kami? They will fall apart. The audit results don't confirm that. We are fully in control. Stand up, speak up, tell people the truth. Find out who's actually on your side. Trust me, it will be a weight off your shoulders. You do not need those people. And you know which people I'm talking about, which is why I can simply say it that way. You know exactly which people I'm talking about. These people continue to torture you in your life. 
They are trying to rub it in every single time they think they're getting a narrative advantage. And every single time they're wrong, what have they ever been right about? Not one thing, not one thing. When have they ever predicted something and had that thing come true? Zero times, zero times. You are right. You are honest and you are in control. Act like it. Okay. Let's take the country back. This is the home stretch of this phase, right? (laughs) There will be more phases because once they are fully breaking down, Shit can get a little haywire. But that's why we need everybody on our side. You got to understand. Once everybody sees the truth, there are going to be so few of them, so few of them, that they're not going to be able to do anything. And that's the goal. All right? Victory without violence is the goal. And that, by the way, is Sun Tzu. That's the art of war. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time. For to win 100 victories in 100 battles is not the acme of skill. To subdue the enemy without fighting is the acme of skill. Okay? Now, yes, we're fighting an information war, but we don't want to be fighting the kinetic war. And the way we do that is by subduing them without it. That's what we're doing. And that battle is won when everyone stands up, when everyone speaks truth, and when everyone finally realizes that we are everyone, okay? The percentage of them is so small. These people are so weak. They are so incompetent. And they are too narcissistic to realize it. And when you understand that, you will speak out. And when we all speak out, that's game over. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time. 
out on the range. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!